Hey, it's your girl Ashley Easton, founder of the Amateur Expert brand, and you're not gonna believe what we have coming up for you next. Ooh, tell me more. Hello, hello, hello. Here we are again. Episode three, getting ready to start off of the Amateur Expert show, maybe we'll call it these days. Um, today I have Cameo that will be joining us soon. I'm just waiting for her to get in. Oh. Hey, uh-oh, you're sideways. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I have files open, so I'm trying to, okay. Oh, wait, that's weird. I'm at the bottom. What if you turn your phone? Okay. If you turn it, then you might be. Better. There you go. Hey. <laughs> How are you? How are you? I'm excited. Me I'm excited. too. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Talk <laughs> Tuesday. And welcome to hey, the what? Amateur Expert Show. Yeah. So, um, I wrote up a little blurb. Okay. Um, uh, so, let's get started. <laughs> All right, so I am here today with Cameo Parks, who is currently a program, a youth program manager at a nonprofit organization. Her charge is to aid low-income families um, in eliminating generational poverty for themselves and for subsequent generations. Um, and she is also committed to the empowerment and preservation of family units and at use at risk. Um, and she's been committed to doing so since the early 2000s. Um, and today we're going to discuss your current role, um, as well as the path that it took you to get there. Uh -huh. Um, any tips and motivators that you've sort of used to get yourself along that path, as well as, um, the your Bible. ideas of success at, uh, each stage. Right. So um, thank you for being my guest today. Uh, and if you could give us just a little bit of um, a description of the your current role. Okay, so currently I'm a youth program manager. Um, what that means is I recruit youth and typically at-risk youth and business, business partnerships in the community um, to align them with education and training. So I pay for their education, right? So if they've been a high school dropout, um, pregnant, the homelessness, sort of all of that stuff, right? That we consider at risk. And then um, I pay for their education and training uh, to further their education, offer some supportive services around that, and then transition them into the business partnership so that they have a place to go once they complete their degrees. So that's that my- sounds like rewarding work to do it is rewarding it is exhausting as well <laughs> i can't imagine so it is definitely rewarding tell me this when you were a youth yourself what were your career goals or what were your aspirations what 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 were you looking to do so um probably the first thing i ever remember wanting to be was a judge um okay. and it was probably definitely the black robe and the the affluence that goes along with that 
right and the ability to overturn a decision or make a final decision um about a situation that maybe needed justice or needed a fair sort of perspective or a different perspective so that was my what i that's what i thought i would become or wanted and to what be. was the motivating factor behind that like how did that how was that seed even planted um i honestly don't remember i but okay. i remember sort of seeing myself always thinking i need to do that i could be that that's me like i could do that um and I don't, I don't know if I saw it like on a TV show. I don't know. I don't know judges, right? I'm not, I was, I didn't grow up around attorneys. I didn't grow up around judges. So I'm not even really sure, but it's always a, a place I saw myself um, from a very sort of young age. And what did success look like for you um, at that age? Um, Success looked like, as a as a young person, it looked like um, affluence, access. It looked like um, respect, uh, a mm -hmm. level of wealth. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So how did you get from wanting to be a judge to being <laughs> <laughs> a um, program manager for um, at-risk youth? So life happens, right? And honestly, I feel like my aspiration or the picture of me being a judge was very early on. Um, and then life happens, right? And reality sets in. And for me and my life and that journey in real life, I never thought I would go to college, right? So it wasn't, the college wasn't in the plan. You know, it wasn't okay. a part of what I saw for myself. Um, as I got older, graduated high school, you know, for me, the big thing was working at Yellow Haven Hospital, right? Because that's what everybody does. You go to work for the university or the hospital, and that's just kind of it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I had an opportunity to attend North Carolina A&T, Aggie Pride. Um, I had an opportunity to, you know, attend school. I went moved away and did that um, under the guise of a marketing major. <laughs> And one day I was uh, presenting and the chairperson from the speech communications department was in there and she was like, you are in the wrong major. Oh my goodness, you have no idea. Like you need to be in public speaking, like you need to be in like PR. And I was like, really? Now that's a large time span, right? So you're talking 20 something years, right? Um, but what she didn't know is that I had spent uh, the latter part of my youth um, advocating for at-risk youth who were in foster mm -hmm. care because that had been my situation. So I didn't realize that all of the work and sort of my craftsness and my being direct and always mm -hmm. argue and debate and have a voice and wanting to be heard um, and seen, right? I didn't yeah. realize that that would or could be a profession. And okay. here she was saying, wait a minute, this is who you really are. You you mm -hmm. missed it. And so I graduated a year early <laughs> um, and went back home to Connecticut to sort of be an advocate, public speaker, sort of transitioned into still um, having the final say or helping having some say in decision-making for people's yep. lives. 
So I stay committed to that from graduation up until now. Every career choice um, has been along the lines of serving at-risk populations. That's great. Um, so along your journey, did your <laughs> idea of success change? Um, I think at first it was survival, right? You know, I, I didn't think about success anymore. I was sort of like, okay, how do I survive? What does mm -hmm. this look like? Um, and survival is probably what most of the at-risk population's memes is. They're thinking about how to be, how to survive this moment, how to survive this crisis. A rent page, you know, how do I survive this relationship? What do I do as a single parent? You know, so you, I'm thinking about all of these moving pieces um, constantly. It was not until later in my career that I began to see success as something tangible that I could have that would still, that was still sort of, I don't need to be in front, but I still need to seat at the table, right? I'm mm -hmm. still very um, comfortable being a conduit of information. It's important mm -hmm. to me. Um, so I, I aspire to and continue to have relationships that allow me to have input in decisions or for decisions for the lives uh, that we're making for people because and that are not reflective of us in companies or organizations, you know, across the world. So for me, um, the success came now. I feel like I have poured out so much of myself that that success for me has been my legacy. Mm. It's being able to be a teacher. It's being able to share information. It's being able to empower women who look like me and who don't. Young ladies that I see, young women that I see, mothers that I see, wives that I see, people with chronic illness, at-risk mm. communities across a wide spectrum. So rather i if i'm in the mall and i see some kids i you know taught iss to and they're like miss k never thought i would be in nursing school but you mm -hmm. me i didn't know how to do this i didn't think i could do this that is success for me that is my legacy okay um so so that's my legacy and that's my success so what is something that you um, have learned or that you're still learning that you wished you knew when you first started out? Ooh, uh, boundaries. Um, okay. Because I am... Professional or personal or both? <laughs> both. Because for me, they cross the line. Mm. They cross the line. So because... I, okay, so here's something I used to say to the ladies that I worked with. When I sit at the table, right, um, at a meeting, uh, making decisions about your lives and the programs and things that I serve, I don't sit there for me. I sit there representing all of you, right, mm -hmm. all of these people. Um, and so for me, in many cases, I cross boundaries. Um, and so where most people are like, okay, you know, we're going home and I can't find this person. I don't know where they are. I'm in the neighborhood. I'll be knocking at your door. I haven't seen you. I want to make sure you're okay. Um, 
I'm, you know, we have, I've served people who have been in domestic violence situations. So I don't have a problem going to knock on the door um, and meeting people, just sort of being direct um, and really being an advocate in spaces and places that most people are not willing to go. Mm -hmm. um, but because of that, right, that challenges my personal self and puts me in a space um, that could jeopardize, right, who I am sort of personally. Um, okay. And so, and learning to master that, it's only been ladder, the ladder of my career that I've figured out, like, wait a minute, I need to have a boundary here. Everybody can't have the same level of access. Um, you can't get everybody out the bed and walk them through the steps. You know, you can't, just can't do that for everybody. You can't give that much of yourself, but I don't understand how not to. And I don't usually um, have the desire to not to. <laughs> you know what I mean? To sort of be like, well, whatever, because they didn't show up today. That happens, but it's not often. And I'm so passionate about it because I've lived it. Um, and so I'm learning how to, one, give the information, be the demonstration, and leave it at that. And right. then let people do their part in the process and not everybody's in the same space so that is that's a challenge because i see that there's some people that i need to go to their home i need to be more intimate with i need you know they have mm -hmm. access to me um they can call my cell phone if something is happening you know they know aaron <laughs> you right. know so i've built literally families out of people um that other people have cast away or considered unworthy and i Sometimes it's exhausting and um, to my own detriment, but I'm just, so, again, I'm, I'm just learning the boundary part. You're learning to set a boundary and then stick mm -hmm. to it. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> that's important. Yeah, it is. But you don't, you know, in my head, I don't think about it. I remember um, I had a, a young person that I hadn't heard from and it wasn't unlike her and and she wasn't a young person but you know unlike her and i knew that she had had um a history of some of some things and so i was like listen <laughs> I'll, I'll be back i'm going to do a home visit and they're like can we can't go do a home visit by yourself what if this person comes out and i was going back and forth with them until my supervisor was like listen if if you know if this guy comes out um shooting what about Aaron right and at that moment I was like okay you got me I quit but until <laughs> I said that I couldn't right. even rationalize the thought that someone that I'm working with right and that is a part of my circle and my family that I've created out of these individuals or with these mm -hmm. individuals I couldn't grasp that I would just leave them hanging that no one would be there right to right. sort of help or do something. I couldn't, I, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> so it seems like your passion. So yes, yeah, so things that you're super passionate about. It's, yeah. it's harder to realize that you need to create a boundary because <laughs> it just, the fire is burning inside of you and you don't know how to yeah. set a limit. Absolutely. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> Because I think all of us have that in us to a, to a certain degree, and it just varies on what that what, passion is, what for, that is. for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it seems to me that 
although you're not a judge. <laughs> right. <laughs> although you're not a judge, it seems to me that you have still stayed sort of um, in alignment yeah. with what you yeah. saw or thought that Absolutely. the judge would represent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what it represented to you at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. It's very much a part of my characteristic. Um, I've seen it. And as I was thinking about uh, this, this interview, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, I, I, I have become this person outside of what it looks like, right? Mm -hmm. But literally, the characteristics, how I operate, um, the need to be fair, the need to have justice, the righteousness that goes along with my personality, how I deliver a thing <laughs> in a meeting, especially in spaces, again, where we, where the populations that we serve are not represented all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, that is like, how dare you make a decision right. for a life family that you know nothing about outside of these statistics. That's fine. The statistics are fine, but you've got to do more than that. And you right. need to ask. <laughs> so I well, to every level. It's good <laughs> that there's someone like you that's at the table. Yeah. And not necessarily, you know, behind the, uh, what is it? Where do the judges sit? Behind the stand. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> because you're, you're uh, at this point, it yeah. seems like you're making, you know, more of an impact. And, and it's more maybe direct or widespread than it would have been if you had gone down that path. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is, this is good. Um, so that's all I have. Um, and I want to thank you for sharing your story. Um, and I pride myself on knowing a little bit about a lot. So my last question is, is there something that you can share with me that is a random tidbit of information um, that I can pull out of my pocket one day and say, did you know, or I just found out? Yeah, um, I would say remember this. You hear oftentimes these notions about uh, your passion. Follow your passion, do what you love, do what you're passionate about. Um, as if there will be no challenges built within that mm. path. And then you hear people make the comparison or, or say the analogy oftentimes, um, specifically in our community, if you're called to something, it won't exhaust you, right? Or it won't be a challenge or you won't feel depleted, right? I would, I would say consider pastors who have committed suicide, consider doctors who lose patients, consider the therapist who needs a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, there will always be a challenge, a struggle, uh, 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 a something in life that can be a deterrent because that's a part of life, right? So mm -hmm. do I wake up any less passionate because today uh, I realize that, you know, I just bummed on a person like I can't okay today you know you're in the program but you don't want to be in a program you don't want to come back you're not compliant have I lost does that mean that that's not my passion no it's that you get up and try again and that you stay committed to that thing that you love because you love it you'll be more committed to it not because it's just some because it's easy. everybody's talking about and because it's easy because it's not it's not easy and when you're passionate it's not supposed to be easy I think that's a misconception and it does people a really large um, disservice. That is 
Perfect. Multiple. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So um, the last thing that we do on the show is we um, allow the guests if they'd like to share their social media handles so that they can learn more about you um, or, or, you know, where to find you online. And I'd like to afford you the same opportunity. <laughs> so I am at Cam's underscore speaks at Instagram on Instagram. However, that works. Clearly, I'm you not. You got it. <laughs> um, I'm also uh, at Cam Speaks on Facebook. Um, I post there occasionally. I've charged myself to do one mm, a, week, a day for the next couple of days. Um, nice. and Google me. Like I'm Cameo Parks, the public speaker. K a m e o p a r k s. You can find me. All my information is um, available. I do workshops. I teach. I public speak. I just encourage people from all walks of life doing a, a lot of things. So perfect. Thank well, you. thank you. Absolutely. This has been perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>